Welcome to Sound Prince Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Sound Prince is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushville. I'm your host for this week's magazine. Welcome to Sound Prince for the week of February 4, 2024. The publication schedule for the Braille Forum, the magazine published by the American Council of the Blind, has changed. For the past several years, the forum has been published in hard copy in odd-numbered months and in electronic format in even-numbered months. Beginning now in 2024, the forum is published in Braille, large print, audio NLS cartridge, and electronic format 10 times a year, with the July-August and the November-December issue covering two months. The Greater Louisville Council of the Blind will hold roundabouts on February 9 and February 16. The February 9 roundabout will be on Zoom from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. And the February 16 roundabout will be hybrid and will include bingo. We will have dinner at 5 p.m. at the United Crescent Hill Ministries, 150 South State Street in Louisville. And we will play bingo from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. both in person and on Zoom. For more information and to let us know that you will be coming to dinner, call us at 502-895-4598. The KCB Zoom number is 669-900-6833 and the code is 862-9889-6972. The Support Alliance of the Visually Impaired February meeting will be on Tuesday, February 13 at the Wesleyan Heights United Methodist Church, 1215 Sherm Road in Owensboro. The meeting will begin at 1 p.m. Central, both in person and on the Zoom line. An in-person-only pizza party will be from 2 to 3 p.m. For more information, call 270-684-4418. Other meetings coming soon in KCB are the Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision business meeting at 8 p.m. on Wednesday, February 7, and the KCB Next Generation business meeting at 8 p.m. on Thursday, February 8, both on the Zoom line. The South Central Kentucky Council of the Blind invites everyone to its Wednesday afternoon social hours each week from 2 to 3 p.m. Central Time on its Zoom line. The number is 669-900-6833, and the code is 763 763- Six eight nine four four one one. On January 21, ACB families presented a program on audio description on Zoom. Kim Charlson, past president of ACB and now working with the Audio Description Project, gave an outstanding presentation about how to use audio description on your home TV, how to find out what shows and programs are described, and how to take advantage of audio description when you go to the movies. You can listen to Kim's presentation here on Soundprints on page 2. And you are invited to join ACB Families for 2024. Dues are only $8 per year. Call with your credit or debit card at 502-895-4598 to become a member of ACB Families. Prince is heard 12 times each week on ACB Media One. Listen there by using the ACB Link app on your phone 
or on your Alexa device by asking her to open ACB Media and then choosing number one when prompted. We're heard at 8 p.m. Sunday, 8 a.m. Monday, 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. on Tuesday, 4 a.m. and 4 p.m. on Wednesday, 10 p.m. on Thursday, and 1 a.m., 10 a.m., and 1 p.m. on Friday. You can also listen to Soundprints on your Victor Reader Stream by searching for Soundprints in the Victor Stream database. Find Soundprints in the list of podcasts in the ACB Link app. Just download the app to your iPhone, open it, and choose Podcasts from the menu. Scroll down the list to find Soundprints. Listen anytime, 24 hours a day, on the KCB Information Line by calling 773-572-6318. Be sure to check the opening menu for available shows. We have also begun posting some shows from the recent past in addition to the most recent show. For more information about Soundprints, comment on a recent show, or make a suggestion for a future topic, or to receive a free subscription on CD playable on your standard CD player, call KCB at 502-895-4598. Page two. I want to welcome everybody here tonight and remind you um, before we get started, in case we run out of time at the end, that there's you, some of you here that are not um, members of families or a families meeting in a long time, and we're glad you're here. If you would like to be part of families uh, this year, our dues, as has been the case. For years and years are $8 a person, and you can join by calling me at 502-897-1472. I'd be more than happy to help you become a member of family. We meet on the first and third Sundays of each month. The first Sunday is a business meeting, and the third Sunday is a program or speaker. So, again, thanks for being tonight. Thanks to Joey Couch for hosting for us. And um, as you know, our topic tonight is audio description. Audio description as it relates to TV and uh, movies and so on. We're not going to be talking about audio description so much as it relates to the online things like Netflix and things like that. Um, that might might just touch on that, uh, but really the focus tonight is how to use it, what's available on TV, and how to um, make how to be able to use audio description when you go to the movies. So Kim Charlton is our speaker. Kim is probably uh, one of the most knowledgeable people around when it comes to audio description, and appreciate you coming on Sunday night, Kim, at 9 o'clock. With that, I'm going to turn time over to you, and uh, let's, uh, let's make sure that we are muted, that there's not any background noise going on, um, and then if, if you have questions, 
I would ask that you raise your hand. So, Kim, the time is yours. All right, Carla. Thank you very much, and I appreciate the the introduction, and I kind of want to get a sense how much time I have to talk because I also want to make sure we have time for questions. And um, as Carla said, we're not going to talk a lot about streaming services tonight. Um, you know, I recommend that you do have a program on that in the future, and my co-chair of the audio description project for ACB is Carl Richardson, and he is the expert on streaming services. So he would be the one that could do a really good presentation for you about all aspects of streaming services. I'm going to focus on audio description, as Carla said, for television and for um, probably a little bit about um, cinemas, movie theaters, and using audio description. So. The um, the one thing I want to say, and I'll probably say it several times so you guys can start remembering about the audio description website um, for the audio description project of ACB, and it's ADP for Audio Description Project, adp.acb.org. So that is a really good, useful resource for a whole lot of information about audio description. In fact, I am confident to say that it is really the global definitive source for information on audio description. Um, producers, um, media companies defer to that website. Um, all sorts of audio description professionals, advocates all over the globe refer people to the audio description website because we cover all the various aspects of audio description in, in a lot of detail. There's historical research papers on that site. There's also, um, you know, um, a title, uh, master title index where you can search a title to see if it's audio described anywhere and where that might be to get you pointed in the right direction. So there's a really huge amount of information on the ADP website that you should um, think about that as one of your resources to add because it can answer lots and lots of your questions about audio description. So when I talk to people, and all of you are going to be in different places in your kind of quest to get audio description at home, on your TV, on an app that will give you broadcast television channels with audio description. You're a cord cutter. Um, you don't have cable. You use the antenna hanging out your window. There's so many different ways to get audio description. And so, you know, I'm going to probably focus most on the the ones I think most people are using, but we'll definitely take questions. And if I don't have an answer for you today, I will write down your question and we'll, I'll do some research and get back to you. And Joey or Carla can help me make sure I have your contact information to follow up. So um, audio description for television goes back to... Um, the 21st Century Communication and Video Accessibility Act that was signed into law in October of 2010 by President Obama. 
And within that legislation, there were several requirements for um, accessibility to television programming. And the, the, the rules that are administered now by the Federal Communication Commission um, mandated that the top four broadcast networks, which are ABC, CBS, NBC, and Fox, provide up to 87 and a half hours a quarter of audio described, audio described prime time and children's content. So I'm happy to say that in the, in the past 12 or 13 years since description went into effect under CVAA, we have um, exceeded the 87.5 hours of content per quarter. Um, most of these four top um, broadcast networks are doing what I would say is the majority of their primetime content. In the case of CBS, they are doing um, pretty close to 100% of their primetime content. Um, you know, nothing like um, if it's a football game or something like that, but they are actually even doing now um, some award shows that are on CBS, um, like the they had the Golden Globes Awards a couple weeks ago. Um, I don't remember who did the Emmys because I forgot to tune it in, but most of the broadcasters now are trying very hard to to cover um, these live award shows with audio description that is actually being broadcast live. So for these four um, broadcast networks, you need to use your your TV or whatever TV modification you might be using, an Apple TV, a Roku, um, like I said, your antenna, an app, um, to access the audio description, which is broadcast on the secondary audio program channel. Now, most TVs, to set that, um, if it's a newer TV, um, you should be able to enable the speech um, and navigate to either the accessibility menus or the special feature menu or the languages menu. It's not always consistent what it's called, but under... Under that setting, you would be able to see things like turn on captioning, turn on audio description. That's where you have to turn it on for your TV so it will stay on all the time. I leave my audio description setting on all the time. Um, the one place where that becomes problematic is if you're a sports fan and you like to watch the NFL football games or baseball games because they're almost always using the SAP channel for those events to broadcast the Spanish language. So um, if that's the case, you're going to have to get proficient at turning on and off your description. Um, my household uses, if they're going to have the TV on during a sports event, they turn off the, the volume on the TV and, and they always use the radio. That's what Brian likes to do is use the radio because it gives better play-by-play. -play. So, um, but if you have sighted people in your house, they might not be as happy about that because as you all know, the, the timing between television and radio is not the same. So um, the radio people usually get the information first and then they have a really hard time 
not sharing with the rest of the room that that was a touchdown or a home run. <laughs> so the other people get annoyed. <laughs> so, um, but for the most part, you use that menu on your TV to get in and set your audio description, and hopefully it can stay that way for you. Um, there are so many programs now. The audio description web page has a program by network list. So if you go to CBS on the audio description webpage, it will list all of the shows that have description. Um, the FCC website also has the same information at FCC.gov. It's a little harder to get to that information on the FCC site because the FCC is covering everything. So you have to find the audio description page first and then explore that and you will find um, networks listing their programming that's available. But as I said, most of the major networks are providing almost all of their programming for prime time with audio description. So what about those other non-broadcast television networks? The, the CBAA also allows for the top five non-broadcast cable providers. Um, it mandates that they should provide and have to provide the same amount of described content um, of, as far as hours goes on their stations. And those stations would be, if you have cable, you'll get um, Discovery, HGTV, Hallmark, History, TBS, um, TLC, TNT, and USA. Um, and then the, there's a couple others that have quite a bit of audio-described content that aren't mandated, and that would be PBS, um, Turner Classic Movie Channel, and then True TV is starting to have some description, and so is the Sci-Fi Channel. And there's probably a few others that um, have some description now as well. Um, it's starting to, to creep in a little bit more to some of the other non-broadcast TV networks. CW is another example. They have a little bit of description. So that means that these providers like Discovery, HGTV, Hallmark, they all have their own content, and they are describing that content um, and making it available. Now, I have a feeling some of you may have um, enjoyed those Hallmark movies during the holiday season. They seem to be pretty popular. Um, and that's the primary reason why Hallmark is part of this list, because they're not nearly as popular January through October as they are in November and December. And all these placements on these lists are based on the Nielsen ratings. So Nielsen knows how many people at what time, when, and wherever are watching these networks. And Hallmark shoots their ratings through the roof in November and December because of all of their holiday movies that people like. And, you know, I have to say, I kind of got a little hooked on them this year myself because it didn't matter what time I went to watch a movie. There it was, and it was described. So it was almost like knowing that I could go to Hallmark practically any time, and that movie was going to be described. Um, they also carry a few other shows, and there's Hallmark, there's Hallmark Movies and Mystery, there's Hallmark Drama, and all of those 
cable non-broadcast networks do have a lot of description content. The Golden Girls, for example, is described on, you know, there are all the reruns um, on one of the Hallmark channels. I think it's movie and mystery, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, so not you true. can find a lot of content on Hallmark Channel. How you find so, it. Um, the, uh, you know, the others have quite a lot, too. Yep. Um, and there is a place on the audio description website where we have a great partner named Timothy Wynn. And Timothy is responsible for preparing a weekly um, listing that is on the ADP website of the schedules of all of these um, network and non-network broadcast channels and which programs are audio described by day so that you can use that as, as a guide to um, figure out what you want to watch with description. Um, and that, that's helpful as well as just sometimes you just want to watch your favorite show. One of my favorite shows is um, NCIS on the CBS. So I know what time NCIS is on. I know the old-fashioned way. I just go and watch it at that time. And that's one of my highlights of my week. I get to watch NCIS because I've liked that show for a long time. And it's been described for a long time. So it's one of the one of the shows that's been around for, for quite a long time with description. And I have to say CBS is probably the CBS and Fox are the two networks that have really stayed with audio description for a long time. Because those of you who kind of know the history of audio description and television may remember that back in the early 2000s, right around 2002, um, the FCC said, you know, companies, broadcast networks, you will provide audio description. And the, um, the networks and the motion picture kind of MPAA, they all said, hey, wait a second. We think you're overstepping your bounds here. And they took the FCC to court. And unfortunately, um, ACB and, you know, lost that case. And the court ruled that the, um, the, the industry the, the FCC had overstepped their authority within the law, and they couldn't mandate audio description. So CBS and Fox committed to keep doing description, and that's where the CVAA came into play. But they committed to keep it, and they kept it from, like, 2003 up until it was mandated in almost, um, you know, 2010 in the new CVAA. So... I've always been a huge fan of CBS because of that, because they didn't have to do that, um, and they did what was right. Um, so, so that um, that's one part of audio description. Now, let me talk a, a little bit about a different part of audio description, because I know there's people on this call from all over the country, and the country is divided into designated market areas, or DMAs. And starting back in 2010, the FCC also um, kind of mandated that 10 designated market areas would be mandated to provide pass-through of audio description every year. Well, that's fine and dandy, and doesn't make me real happy because um, 
you know, first you start year one with 10, then year two you have 20. Well, we're up to 100 because it's been 10 years since they started rolling that out, plus a few more. But that's only about 100 designated market areas around the, the nation that have a mandate to pass through the audio description signal from the provider. Now, there's a couple, um, I'm going to tell, I'm not going to tell you all 100, but that is available on the ADB website. Um, and if you're curious, I'll be happy to look up your specific one and get back to you with that information. But as of January um, this year, there are two, uh, 10 new designated market areas were added, and I'm just going to zip through them really fast because there's a couple that might be of particular interest. Um, one was El Paso. Two is Paducah, Cape Girardeau, and Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. So if I'm not mistaken, Paducah, Paducah is in Kentucky somewhere. So Carla's people, you'll be happy. That's another market area. Cedar Rapids, Waterloo, Iowa City, Dubuque. Um, Burlington, Vermont, and Plattsburgh, New York, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Jackson, Mississippi, Fort, Fort who? How did I write? Fort something, Fayetteville, South Carolina. I don't know what that other word was. Um, Springdale, Rogers, those were all part of that one. That's a bigger area. Number eight is Boise. Number nine is South Bend, Indiana. And number 10 is Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Plus, there, for some reason, there were two areas that didn't roll in in the last year's issue, and they um, they mandated them to come in now, and that's Chattanooga, and Char Chattanooga, Tennessee, and Charleston, South Carolina. So why is this important? It's important because if you happen to live in a designated market area that's already on the list mandated to pass through description, then that's exactly what that means. All of the network affiliates in your area have to pass through description. Now, sometimes you'll hear about people saying, well, I tried to watch something on TV and there was no description. And sometimes it's an advocacy issue where you have to contact the affiliate in your town and you have to say, um, you know, I, I tried to watch NCIS last night with audio description, and there was no audio description. And I get it on other channels I listen to, but last night there was nothing on CBS. Why can you check your, your tech? And I've had very good luck with talking to the people mm -hmm. at the affiliate who are, are also the people who deal with closed captioning because they are the engineers for the television station. So they're the ones that really know the equipment and they know about audio description and they know about captioning. Um, even if you live in an area that doesn't, isn't mandated to pass it through, a lot of cities do because in all honesty, they have the technology to pass this through. So I don't understand why they just don't pass it through. Some of them don't. Some of them say, oh, well, we need to get different equipment. But one of the other rules at the FCC that's important to know about is there are a whole lot of rules around the whole area of emergency messages on your television. And, you know, when you hear that sound that we all know tells you that, that a test is happening, at least you hope it's a test. Um, I had one yesterday when I was watching Hallmark, and it just made the sound, and it never said 
what was going on. And I, I just bought a new TV because I have no picture on my TV. And Brian and I actually were quite fine. We didn't realize we had a problem. <laughs> the sound was fine. The, everything came in. The description was there. But someone said, oh, did you realize there's no picture? We said, uh, no. So we had the cable people come in, and, and they said they brought a little TV from their van, and they said, well, your TV's working fine with the cable box. I think your backlight is out, and you're probably going to need to get a new TV. So we said, okay. So, um, but I had no idea what that warning was, if it was a test, if it was, you know, who knows, a snowstorm, whatever. I missed it because they didn't say anything. And they're mandated by law to announce what the emergency is using human voice or text-to-speech voice, depending on what the station has chosen to use. So they have the ability to pass through that audio description because of the emergency broadcast network messages. So, you know, I don't understand why they don't do it. But that's something that the new legislation that's been introduced by Senator Markey from Massachusetts, yay, um, a good senator who believes in telecommunications access, and he was a sponsor of the 1996 law that mandated captioning and the CVAA in 2010 that we worked on, and now he's the sponsor, lead sponsor on the CVTA, the Communication and Video Technology Accessibility Act, which will upgrade and update um, the CVAA and do quite a few things that are going to help us in the world of broadcast television. And one of those is, you know, it's going to make the whole country be a, a, basically a, a designated market area instead of having this, you know, every – Every year we'll add 10 more major metropolitan areas. Um, I gave a presentation a while back to people in South Dakota, and they asked me lots of questions. And one of them was, when will we be able to rely on having audio description? And I said, this really bothers me to have to tell you that your city doesn't come into the, the designated market area until 2030. Now, that's ridiculous. They, they should have access. And the new CVTA will give them access. Anybody who's in a really rural area will still be the, – the laws still require you get your emergency broadcast signals wherever you live. And you have television access. And, you know, whatever the provider is, they'll have an obligation to provide it. The other thing that will change with the new legislation is basically, you know, we're starting out and I always believe this with government and, and legislation is that you ask for the stars, the moon, and the sun. And then in committee, you have to compromise a few things. Um, so we're asking for 100% of televised program content to be audio described. It's already captioned. Why not? And why not do it at the beginning when you produce a show so that it's just part of the production process rather than this add-on afterwards that budget people say, well, why do we have to do that? It should just be part of the production process, and it's just what you do when you make a television program. So hopefully the new legislation will move us forward in the area of um, broadcast television and some of the requirements for compatibility and hardware and things like that. So. Um, so that's a fairly quick overview of 
broadcast television. Um, should we stop there and take some questions about broadcast television? Because I think there might be some. And then maybe finish up with the movie theaters. Does that make sense? Do we have any questions? Yes. Okay. This is Adele. Uh-huh. Hi. And hi. Um, a couple of things. Uh, the first one is with uh, Turner Classic Movies. Mm -hmm. I've been, actually, I did write to them, and I got a, well, thank you for your feedback, and never heard anything back. Uh, there are several movies that I enjoy watching during certain times of the year, and they have been on uh, audio description in the past, and for the past, well, last year and a half, all of a sudden, they're not broadcasting them that way. Mm-hmm. And it's very frustrating. It's like, why did they broadcast them and now they're not? Yeah. So um, they're, they're, they are still certainly broadcasting audio-described movies that they have done in the past. And, sure. you know, because they, they've got loads. I mean, you're absolutely right. They've been yeah. describing their classic movies for a long, long time. And it's un it's more unusual to have a movie that isn't described and you're not the only person that says they're not passing it through. Yeah. Well, they are in some areas. So I don't know if you've had, um, I mean, it, it's, do you have cable or do you have? I do. Okay. I have oh. Xfinity. Oh, good. Okay. Um, that makes it easier, believe it or not, because, uh -huh. you know, I would probably track it back through Xfinity to say, where is the signal breaking down? Because Turner Classic Movie is still broadcasting with description, but but you're not the only person who's saying they're not getting the description anymore. We well, have another uh, issue with them that they're not they're not posting their audio described content like they used to either. They used to have a phone line that would give uh, you the schedule, and they don't have that anymore. So uh, we're trying to compensate for that on the ADP schedule, but even Timothy's been having some trouble. And they're now under the umbrella of um, Discovery and, um, you know, HBO Max and Max and, mm -hmm. and Discovery. So, um, so Turner Classic Movies is under their umbrella, and we've been talking to them about what's going on and, you know, how can we get the schedule back and how can we make sure that described content is coming through. So um, at the end, I will give my phone and my email. So maybe you can shoot me an email and we can stay in touch about what sure. progress we're making and if we need, you know, other fans of Turner Classic Movies to help us put a little pressure on in any certain spots. I'd like to be able to reach out to you to help because you've already sure. shown that you want to you want to advocate and you want to get it back. So yes, that'd be great. But, yeah, and, you uh, know, the guide is not saying that they're described. I mean, it's like yeah. they're not described. Exactly. They're not posting it anymore. Right. And that's the problem we're trying to get back is that we need right. to know which ones are being posted as described so we can tell people that it's yeah. described and then we can make sure they're doing it. Okay. Thank you. Okay. You've got Debbie. Uh -huh. All right, Debbie. Um, Kim, I'd just like to thank you um, in helping me get uh, audio description working on your again. New and TV. The, yeah, on my new TV that I knew that audio description should work, and 
I haven't yet, but I plan to call our the um, Spectrum Accessibility number and say, uh, just for your information, this is how it's supposed to be done. So if you get any other visually impaired customers, because it was easy and they should have known how to do it. But so Chris was great to work with, and uh, great. I'm really glad he helped out. He helped me in about two minutes. So. So, so Debbie had a little bit of an issue where she bought a new TV, and it was a Samsung, and then she reached out when she couldn't get it to get the audio description turned on. She reached out to Samsung, and they said, oh, that's a Spectrum. So she reached out to Spectrum, and they said, oh, that's a Samsung. <laughs> and it went back and forth like that, and they were playing tennis back and forth with Deb in the middle. And uh, so she reached out to me, and I reached out to the head of accessibility and said, basically, can you can you get one of your team who knows how to do this to connect with Deb? Because I know that Spectrum would not provide this level of customer service, and I know you can do a better job. And I sort of positively shamed them into calling her the next day, and they did. And they set it up really fast and got it up and working for her. You know, the right people doing the right thing in the right place and it all, everybody was together. So I was really happy that they were as responsive on that one, just jumped right on it and got it fixed for you. So good luck and enjoy your new TV. Oh, thank you. And it, yeah, it, and it's, it can be confusing because you go into the accessibility, you know, of Samsung, uh, you know, the TV and it says audio description disabled and everybody's like, why can't you enable it? I'm like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So it, uh, it, you know, you do have to be in the Spectrum app to you know, turn it on. So great. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Hey, Kim. Yes. I was wondering about the new the Fire Sticks. I uh, haven't had satisfaction with uh, Prime Video on Fire Sticks. It's it seems to lag and spend too much time, you know, loading up. So it it deters the interest. So I was wondering if should uh, the new Fire Stick be purchased or or I I it? would. You're not the only person having that problem again. And I we had a call with the accessibility team from Amazon a couple weeks ago, and. We brought this to their attention, and I was kind of surprised. They were like, what are you talking about? And we said we've had numerous reports that Prime Video is not working well with with Fire TVs and Fire Sticks, and they were kind of surprised. So we have sent them some additional information, and they were going to get their engineers right on it to figure out what in the heck was going on because they were not aware of it. So. Um, so don't buy anything new <laughs> until you get <laughs> well, some well, kind my, of a, you know, yeah, clearance uh, from the audio description yeah. project because we are uh, currently having dialogue with, okay, um, well, with Amazon. My daughter, my daddy, is 10 years old, you need to buy a new one. So I just thought maybe I'd ask. So yeah. thank you. Well, and there, you know, we should have an answer probably in the next couple of weeks. So it won't be a long wait, but, you know, I wouldn't buy anything new because they're, they're, they may be coming out with a fix to update it and it'll just be a software update. So. All right. Thank you, ma'am. They, they seemed pretty surprised. So. All right. Thank you. Uh-huh. And who was that, by the way? I'm sorry. I'm Richard Lindsay with Bowling Green, Kentucky. Okay. Okay, uh-huh. Richard. I'll um, write your name down and fire stick, and we'll see if we can make sure you know what's going on with that. Thank you. Uh-huh. 
All right. Well, I'm going to talk a little bit about going to the movie theater with audio description because that's something that, you know, maybe families you want to take your kids or your grandkids or something like that. And um, so movie theaters can be a really good way to get audio described content, but they can also be a little frustrating. So you kind of need to prepare yourself um, to make it a successful experience. So um, most of you probably know that the Department of Justice has has mandated that all movie theaters, i.e., you know, cinemas with, with multiple screens, multiplexes or whatever they may call them, uh, they're required to provide um, accessibility, which includes closed captioning and audio description. So that's great. If a film comes to the movie theater um, with description, which most of them do, um, you should be able to get audio description when you go to the movies. So the, the caveat here is pretty much when you step inside the cinema and you buy your ticket, the next thing you're going to do is you need customer service to get you the hardware, i.e. the receiver and the headset, to listen to the signal, the audio description signal, for the auditorium where for the movie you want to go watch. So, honestly, there's a lot of turnover in staffing in movie cinemas, and they're usually kids. Um, so, it's always good to reinforce multiple times that you want the, the audio description for the blind, not the allowed sound for the people who can't hear well uh, and just kind of say it several times when you're asking. Um, the thing that I've learned from a couple people who go to movies a lot is, you know, reiterate what you want, but say, can I have a cell phone number for you or for the manager? Because if I go in and get settled in my seat with my family, my kids, and the movie starts, and there's no description, I'm not going to make one of them get up and come out and find you because we came to the movie to have fun, not to have this problem. So if I have a problem, you, I need to call you immediately, and you need to come fix my problem. So that has worked pretty good for most people. Um, the audio description project is trying to get like cinema chains like AMC to um, to put some audio description in their pre-show stuff. You know, all the all the previews. Previews are never audio described. So um, you know, maybe they could do a commercial or the thing about the concessions. You know, the popcorn and the soda. They could describe their little commercial. They could do something somewhere so that we would be able to hear before the movie starts that the description is working. That would be really helpful because you kind of sit there, everybody's eating their popcorn, you're waiting for the show, you go through three or four um, of the the previews of other movies that you have no idea what's going on because they're not described. And then you get to the movie and hopefully it's described and everything's great and you have this sigh of relief, you know, oh, good. But then if it doesn't, and you say, did the movie start? And everybody else with you says, yeah, it did. Um, and you're going, oh, boy. So you have that phone number so you can call them and say, the audio description isn't working. You know, 
most theaters, you know, if they can't get it fixed, like swapping out, well, they most of the time they come and they go, oh, this is set for the hard of hearing. And you probably can tell that when you put it on and the volume is really loud in your ears that they must have messed up. So um, just take that as, as sort of guidance. But, you know, there's something special and something fun about going to the movies and getting your popcorn and getting your soda and sitting in the seat and having the audio description work. And you're there with everybody else watching the movie, having the same experience that they're all having. And when it's over, you can talk just as well about the movie as they can, and maybe even better because remember the the fundamental principle of audio description is that they describe the key visual elements. So they don't, they may not necessarily tell you that a character has pink hair or blue pants on, you know, because there's not time to do that. They tell you the stuff that's important. And it's kind of amazing that sighted people sometimes <laughs> miss really important things because they got distracted by some other visual thing that was not key to the show, but it was distracting. And they saw that and they didn't see something major happen that you observed through the audio description. So that's always kind of fun to be able to say, no, no, that's not what happened. This is what happened. And they go, oh, really? Wow, I, I missed that totally. So, um, Kim? Yes. Um, this is Leslie. Uh-huh. And, um, I wanted to say that one thing you n need to know is that there are a couple of different types of head. There's one that's a headset itself that you put on that the audio description will come through. Yeah. One of the ears or, or, you know, with the sound in the other for the movie. Or there's a little device that they give you. And it ha has um, headphones that you connect to the little device. Right. Some of them are not, you know, they're, they're two different things. So you may get, if you haven't been to that theater before, you may get it and say, well, this doesn't look like what I've had somewhere right. else. You know, it, there's a couple of different systems. Yeah. So they end up that when you go into the theater, um, it used to be they had to dial up, oh, what theater are you going in and mm -hmm. every little detail. Now, um, a lot of them, I mean, they're done by, it's done by like Bluetooth and you go into a theater and whatever movie is playing in that theater is, is the one yeah. that will come on. So if you went into a different theater, it would also show you the movie that's playing in that theater instead. Right. Yeah. So that's some of the newer equipment and it is really right. nice. They've gotten much better. Right. Um, and some of the systems in the cinema will actually give you the audio of the movie and the description through your headsets. Now, a lot of you have probably had an experience where you have to have the description in one ear and then you've got to push the other ear back, you know, so your other ear is open to hear what's coming through in the room itself. And there's been a lot of advocacy for what, what, the, what we call marrying the sound so that they both come through the headset together and you can put both ears on and you can really get immersed in it. And it's also more comfortable than sliding one ear on and one ear off as well. 
So I'm hoping we're going to see more of those kind of systems coming into the movie theaters. Um, assuming that we have movie theaters 10 years from now, a lot of them are struggling because people are opting for online streaming services. So that'll be another conversation. But, you know, I, I think the, the movie experience is here to stay for a while and it's a different experience and it's more of a social experience that I don't think people are quite ready to give up yet. I hope not anyway. All right, Debbie. Yeah, I just had a comment. Um, I actually just went to a movie, um, and the audio description did work great. I went to see Boys in the Boat um, and um, about the rowing team, and uh, that was great because there was a lot of stuff that I probably would have missed. And the theater that I went to um, did have, like, the headset, like they're talking about where you just wear the headset and it comes through the headset, and... Had to ask for, like you said, had to ask for a manager because the person at the ticket, you know, that took her tickets had no idea, you know, just a young person and mm -hmm. they had no idea what audio description was. So they got somebody and uh, there was a couple of us that went and uh, it worked and so it was great. Yeah. And, I don't and get doing, to the movies too often. but Exactly. Well, in doing, sometimes, you know, a chapter might opt to do a movie as an outing. Um, and I recommend you, if you have a movie theater, talk to them about bringing your chapter and kind of figuring out how many headsets you might need and giving the movie theater a chance. Sometimes we've done it here and they call in headsets from other theaters that might not have as many. And so they can kind of collectively gather them and do a, an outing for your chapters. And that might be a fun thing to do. It really will heighten the awareness of the staff at the cinema if you plan ahead with them um, to do it. And then, you know, the staff get pretty jazzed about the fact that all these blind people come out and they're happy because they saw the movie and everything worked and it was so good. And it kind of validates, you know, why we do this every day kind of thing for them. So. Okay. Colette. Hi. So this is Colette. One nice comment about the fact that, we tried a couple times, and of course, the people didn't have the right equipment. But the nice thing was, if we missed the first couple of minutes, they gave us a ticket for a free yeah. another time. So then they finally learned after they'd given us about three free tickets to watch other movies, because you know, they wanted us to have a full movie. Yeah. yeah. And, and one other thing recently that uh, someone shared with me, even though ADP's website, I think, is definitely the biggest, most comprehensive. But um, I was looking for a movie called Guiding Emily. Yes, a Hallmark and, movie. Yes. Right, Hallmark uh -huh. movie. However, on my channel, it didn't show, and Guiding Emily didn't show on the ADP website. Yeah. However, I they were suggesting a place I could look, which was audiovault.net, right. and when I looked there, I could actually download the full um, yes. The, audi the audio file, the audio description merged with the movie track. Yeah. Yep. So, and those so are audio nice. files, so you can play them on, you know, your your player, your phone, however you download. Oh them. wow! Is that audiovault.com? Yes. Great. Yeah. Dot net. Thank you. I think it might be dot net. I just. Oh, dot net. Okay. Yeah, Thank vault. you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's a good site, and you know. 
we don't, we don't, and I'll give you the honest scoop. Um, technically somebody might say, is it legal? And, and I'm, I'm a librarian, so I pay attention to copyright law and all that stuff. And, and I would, if somebody pushed me on it, I would say, no, it's not. Mm-hmm. But am I going to say, oh, we shouldn't do it. We shouldn't let people know about it. No, because, you know, the, the industry isn't providing us with the accessibility we need. Audio Vault and Cero and places like that have these files and, you know, I'm not ever going to say to somebody, don't use them, they're not legal. Because industry doesn't really care that we're doing this. They know. They know that there's these audio files that we can download and listen. But the fact that they're audio only really just takes them off the radar. They're not going to be worried mm-hmm. about it. And and I even take it a step further because at my library at Perkins, which, which is my day job, you guys probably know I, I'm the director of the Braille and Talking Book Library in Massachusetts. And we do have some Zoom programming that we do. And one of the things is a weekly movie matinee. And we use those files because I don't run the video, although we're licensed to do it, because I just think I'm going to equalize the experience for everybody. This is an audio-only experience. It's got description. And so, you know, we have 30, 40, 50 people come in. Um, on on Monday mornings from 10 to noon, and we have Monday morning matinee. So, um, you know, it's it's available. It's there. We run all kinds of different I shows. I Guiding Emily. And, and, um, and we just ran Guiding <laughs> Emily not all that long ago. So, yeah, it was it was a fun movie. I got to see it back in September, and I've even talked to the author of the book. There's a series about Emily that is written by Barbara Hinsky. H-I-N-S-K-E. So if you want to follow follow through, they don't have movies about the others, but there's four books in the total series. The first one's called Guiding Emily, and then there's three other books in the series about Emily and her transition with her sight loss and all the things that happened to her. So it's pretty good. Gotcha. Yeah, that's Library Users of America there for a couple of seconds. Now we're back. <laughs> like, back to business. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Let me give you my contact information. So if any of you guys have um, further questions about audio description stuff, you can reach out. Um, so my um, my email address is, I'm just going to give you my Perkins one because that's the most reliable one. It's Kim dot. Charleston, so that's K-I-M dot C-H-A-R-L-S-O-N at Perkins dot org. And my phone is 617-501-5752. That's my cell number. So if you guys have any questions, feel free to reach out. Thank you, Kim. Okay. Yeah, thank you. If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind or you need information on resources for people with vision loss, call us at 502-895-4598 or email us at kcb at kentucky-acb.org. Sound Prince is a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and is heard each week on ACB Radio Mainstream at acbradio.org, Central Kentucky Radio I at radioi.org, and the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. 
Complete schedule information is also available on the website. Sound Prince is underwritten by the Louisville Downtown Lions Club and by the American Printing House for the Blind. This is Carla Rushable for Sound Prince. Have a great week, everybody.